So uh, we're in this 40 days of prayer and consecration, and I don't know about you, but I think that prayer can be weird. Have you noticed, like, I think prayer can be challenging from time to time. Um, have you ever had the, like, I don't know why we do it, but we, we, we get together with people to pray, and we always form this weird circle. And it's got to be a circle. Like, it can't be a bunch or a clump. It has to be a circle. And, and a lot of times, you got to hold hands with people. And no offense, I don't want to hold your hand. And you're holding hands with people, and a lot of times what happens, if you've been around church a long time, you pray and somebody prays and you kind of got to go around the horn, or, or you do popcorn prayers. So you're like, you're praying, and then, and then this guy prays, and this guy prays, but then you both pray at the same time, and you're like, oh, <laughs> oh sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? You've been there? Or you got it, you're praying, and you, let, you, you squeeze the hand of the person next to you when you're done? And now they know, and so now they can pray, or... The worst thing of all time is when you've got it all lined up and you're nervous, but you've lined it up. I know my points, I know what I'm praying for. And this joker, right here, he prays exactly what you're gonna pray. And now you're panicking and you're drenched in sweat and you don't know what you're gonna do. And my favorite person at prayer is the guy that just doesn't know if God is really listening. And so they have to say, dear Father God, oh Father God, Lord God, Father God, I just pray, Lord God, Father God, that you would come today, Lord God, Father God, and you would just, like he knows what his name is, it's cool. Like imagine if I treated my wife that way, hey Maria, dear Maria, I was wondering, dear Maria, if we're gonna have tacos for dinner tonight, Maria, I could go, Maria, to the store, Maria, and get you some supplies, Maria, if you wanna make, <laughs> you get the point. The reason we do that is because we're a little bit uncomfortable. We, 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 we're not sure of ourselves. We just launched this 40 days of prayer and consecration and I know that it can feel complicated. I know you feel like you're not good at it, but our goal over these 40 days is that you would just try. That you would just try and join in with us and maybe even along the way you learn somehow to love it and to love being in the presence of Jesus and asking him for things. And the, the reality is that something, as you look around, it seems like something is happening in our world, you know? Like God is he's moving and across the world. We've seen things like the Asbury outpouring and other college campuses and even other churches. And, and we had an incredible Ash Wednesday service here and really felt the spirit of God. It was an amazing time, an amazing launch into this season. And I sense in my own life, I sense this movement towards, towards humility, towards repentance, towards holiness. Just, just in my everyday life, I sense that something is happening. I was talking to Bill Hart, on Pastor Bill Hart on Wednesday night. And he was saying that he went down to the Asbury uh, outpouring revival and he's, he said, the one thing that stood out to me the most was the hunger. In my whole life, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but that dude's been around a while. He's seen a lot of cool stuff. And so in my whole life, I've not seen a hunger like this. It was a defining characteristic for him. And so we don't wanna be overly simplistic and check our brains at the door about things like this. Neither do we wanna be skeptical or cynical about it. Right? What we wanna do is be curious and most of all, we want to be hungry. We want to be hungry for what God wants to do in us. So I want to encourage you to be a part of what God is doing. You saw the Zoom call up there. Here's what we're doing over these 40 days. We want to encourage you to think about praying up. Up. Everybody say up. up. You're awesome. Up. Pray three times a day. That's what we're asking. If, you're, if you're need, you need to break it down like me, I'm not very smart, so I got to break it down. I just, up means pray three times a day. And come to the Zoom prayer meeting at 6.30 a.m. I know what you're like. You're like, dude, that's, that's crazy. I'm not showing up to Zoom. I had to do that during the pandemic. I'm, I'm done with Zoom. Zoom is lame. I hate Zoom. You know what's lamer? Austin traffic. That's why we did it like that. Everybody can join. Everybody can be a part of it. I'm telling you, it's the most amazing thing to be a half hour in prayer with people that I know and love and people that I don't know from every campus. And then we say, amen. And I close my laptop and I'm still at home. 
It's amazing. You should come this week. Um, in. We're also praying in. And so we're talking about fasting a little bit. I'm going to talk about that more today. And then out, going out to prayer walk your neighborhood. And that's why these folks are here today at these tables, because we're going to have an opportunity to go out. And we want to give you that chance today. Go out and live on mission. So don't let this moment pass you by. Don't miss out on what God wants to do. My family and I, we just jumped back into it, actually, because we were away for a week, and we showed up right before Ash Wednesday. And so we spent the week in New York with my in-laws and had an amazing time. And uh, I've got wonderful in-laws, actually. I know that's not the case for everybody. Don't look at your spouse. Don't do it. I'm helping you out. Don't look. But in my case, they are really wonderful. And my father-in-law, he was kind of a wild man when he was young. He's got a lot of crazy stories. Actually, you want to see him? This is him right there in the middle. Has it? Let's just pause for a second because I want to provide a little commentary for this picture because I know you're already thinking it. Number one, you're thinking, wow, Maria is really a beauty. It's true. It's very true. Uh, Then you're thinking, uh, who's that guy over there on the left? And is he single? Some of you are thinking that. And he's got muscles and he's awesome. But yeah, that's her brother, Mike. And yes, he's married. Sorry, everybody. Uh, Then you're thinking, um, wow, what a handsome group. And then finally, you're thinking, what's wrong with Brent's hair? And the last thing you're thinking is, how did that guy get that girl? He must be funny. That's what you're thinking. Okay, did we get that out of the way? All right, good. So so, uh, he was a crazy wild man. He grew up in a very strict household. Like in his household, you had to, they, they woke up every day and they practiced for like 30 minutes after breakfast or before breakfast, their handwriting. Like their mom forced them to practice handwriting. He has the most beautiful handwriting you've ever seen. But they had to do stuff like that. But in the day-to-day, he was a crazy person, has crazy stories of doing dangerous and wild stuff. But the thing that stands out to me the most about him is when he was young, he wasn't allowed to eat food at other people's houses. Like, his mom said, if you go over to your cousin's house and they're more affluent, and when you go over there, if they offer you anything, you are to say, no thanks, I'm stuffed. That's what you say. So they'd go over and they'd go to play and you know, the mom is like, oh, would you like some of this cake? And he'd say, no thanks, I'm stuffed. <laughs> this little kid and all his brothers, no thanks, I'm stuffed. It didn't matter how good the thing was, the host wanted to offer him, no thanks, I'm stuffed. It didn't matter if he was really hungry and he really wanted that thing, he had to say, no thanks, I'm stuffed. It didn't matter what was going on. Anytime he went there, he had to look them in the eye and say, oh, no, no, no thanks. I'm stuffed. So sad to me. Here's what I think today. God is moving. And by the way, he's always moving. It's just that right now, something's happening within our church where it seems like we're, it's a little more tangible. We can see it a little more clearly. But God has always wanted to do something significant in your life and in my life. And right now, I think he's saying to us, look, I want to give it to you. I want to give you the healing that you're looking for. I want to give you the clarity that you're looking for. I want to give you the vision that you've been asking for. I want to give you the courage. I want to give you the resources. I want to save you and give you my salvation. I want to restore to you your innocence. I want to give you peace. I want you to have the fire that you want to have. I want you to have the joy that you've been asking so much for. I want to give this to you. But too many of our responses right now are, no thanks, I'm stuffed. I'm stuffed. I got, I got other stuff. I can't take that from you. I'm too full. I already got too much going on in my life right now. 
Our time is filled up with so many activities. We're overscheduled, we're too busy. We've talked about this a lot. And then we get a little chunk of free time and what we're gonna do is we're gonna do some kind of leisure activity because we live in the Austin region. And then if I just have a few minutes of time, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna fill it up by just scrolling on my phone. Or if you're over the age of 45, you scroll like this. <laughs> have you noticed? It's a, I'm just trying to help you out. That's all I'm trying to do. Like, this will help you out a lot if you just do this, I promise. Anyway, that's another story. I love you, Pato. Uh, <laughs> I had a conversation this week with a, a group of people talking about how for 40 days, they're not taking, they're, they're off social media. So when it's time to use the restroom, they're going, what am I supposed to do in there? We don't need to talk about that anymore. Netflix, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, uh, Prime Video, Hulu, Peacock, HBO, Disney Plus, Paramount, Google Calendar, uh, Gmail, email, all the tools that can be really good, but they fill up our lives and in fact they overtake them. No thanks God, I'm stuffed. We're full with our careers. We live in a pretty affluent society and if you think, no, you think not, just look around the rest of the world, we, we are rich. We live in this society and our needs are mostly met. I can pay most of my bills. I even got a little extra. I got a nice house. I got a nice car, maybe two. I got food and clothes. I got some money in the bank. I'm full. I don't really need anything else. I'm pretty happy overall. Maybe your stuff from friendships, your stuff from your significant other, or your, your, your spouse, or your kids become all for you. Or, or maybe you just haven't even thought about him at all. He doesn't enter into the equation of your life. You probably know what that thing is for you, but the reality is we're just a little full and keep saying, no thanks, I'm stuffed. In your life today, in what way are you saying, no thanks, God, no thanks, I'm stuffed? And not even saying the words, but it's just the reality of the way you live. I can't fit it in now. Hey, maybe check back later. Maybe come back around at another time and check back when, when I kind of got my stuff together. My in-laws, they, they, they work really hard. They eat constantly. Those two guys in that picture, they work so hard and they eat constantly. So if I'm with them and I don't eat it right now, I'm going to miss out. And I'm like, I'm gonna take that and just hold that aside. I'm gonna, I hide things around my house when they come to visit because I wanna eat this later. I'm gonna put that in the pantry up high. Now God is gracious and he's kind and he always wants to bless you. So he's not gonna, He's not gonna run away if you're stuffed right now, but I just don't wanna miss out on what he's doing. We wanna get hungry for God, for the things of God. Because we know in Matthew 5, 6, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Filled with the good things of God. Psalm 63, 1 says, you, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst my whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there's no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. I love this verse, everything that I have longs for you and in you I'm gonna be fully satisfied like I was eating the best food all the time just bathed in Torchy's queso. Yes. <laughs> it's better than that. No, yes, it is, it is. That right there, everybody, that's where we wanna live. But how do we do that? 
Well, it turns out if you want to get hungry, all you actually have to do is go on ahead and get hungry. Fasting is the thing, the primary way that we get hungry. We get hungry for food. We get hungry for the things of God. So the question that you and I got to ask today is, what are you really hungry for? Because, and I don't remember if Pastor Ross touched on this last week, but the reality is what we crave is what we consume. I have a, I have a, a confession to make, and that is, is that for a period of time, my family would visit McDonald's at least once a week. Hey, I, this is a safe place. I need to be able to confess here, okay, everybody? I don't need your judgment right now. I need you to embrace me, okay? The kids would finish school, and we'd run over to McDonald's, and, and we'd have a a meal, and it was awesome, and I just got to tell you, I just wanted it more and more all the time. It's so good, and it's so bad, and it's really good while it's happening, but right after, oh God, what have I done? But at the same time, when when I eat healthy food and I exercise, something happens where actually I want more McDonald's. No, it's not true. When I, when I, I eat healthy and I exercise, I actually do want more of that. What you crave is what you consume. So, so we, gotta, we gotta consume the right things so we have the right kind of cravings. That's why we want you to come to prayer at 6.30. Like just start somewhere. The bigger problem though is what we consume is what we become. You've heard you are what you eat and so, so that's the reality of our life. What you take in becomes a part of you. So if your day consists of hours of TikTok, you are becoming, for those four hours, as those messages come into you, you, there's no way around it. You are becoming part of that. That messaging that's coming in, you're becoming part of that. And the hours, the stats for the hours that kids and adults, hello, spend on social media. There's just no way the balance of the scales is wrong and there's no way that we can be formed by Christ if we just continue to go down that road. It won't happen. The messaging is too strong and we're becoming that. When we consume the things of God though, we start to crave the things of God and then lo and behold, we start becoming those things. Fasting helps us do that. So why do we do this? Why do we fast? Well, Pastor Ross last week said we wanna cultivate a hunger for God. He said that we want to have spiritual and physical discipline. He said that we want to prepare for God to do something new. But let's spend a few more minutes on that first one, cultivating hunger for God. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 17. It says, when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and he knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. Now the heading of this passage is a a demon-possessed boy. And he often falls into the fire, into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. So this guy's got a problem. His son is possessed by a demon. He's overtaken, and this demon is actually hurting him. Right? He's in a bad way. Now, the disciples, they've been going around. They've been doing a whole bunch of amazing things. They've been moving. They've been been healing people. Like, great things have been happening. They've been living in the power and life of God. Everything's working great, but this time, nothing. They get nothing. They couldn't do it. Something is missing. Do you feel like something is missing in your life? Do you feel like things aren't just working out the way that they're supposed to? Do you feel like you can't gain a victory that you feel like you should have over something that's going on? Well, Jesus offers an answer. In verse 17, he says, everybody get ready to be encouraged. You unbelieving and perverse generation. Welcome to One Chapel. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. 
Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. So disciples can't do it. Jesus offers a couple reasons, two words, unbelieving and perverse. Bring the boy to me though. <laughs> you guys don't have it right now, but bring the boy to me. I got it. Hey, demon, get out. And he goes and he's healed from then on. Jesus highlights two things for us. Number one, he says that we're unbelieving. Another way to say that is we're just not connected to God. Like we're, we're far away. We're living out. We're living somewhere else. You just aren't close enough. Maybe even you believe in Jesus, but you're just far. You don't believe exactly that he is who he says he is. You don't believe that he loves you and that he's going to come through for you. You're just too skeptical maybe about the whole Christian thing or you've been hurt by the church and so you're like, ah, I don't know if I want any of that stuff. He says that we're unbelieving. We're just, we're not connected enough to him. And then he says we're perverse. Now, this word gets weird for us because we think of pervert and we think of other things, but, but really, perverse means contrary. It means uncooperative. It means that we're obstructive. And I think what he's saying is, look, you just got too hungry for the other stuff. Because perverse just means you're too connected to the world. You got hungry for all the other stuff. You wanted that more than you did me. It was easier to scroll TikTok. It was easier to watch to binge Netflix. It was easier to focus on your career than it was. I mean, you got too interested in the other stuff. Jesus is saying the problem is you're, you're not connected enough to me and you're too connected to the world. And it's why we're not finding the thing that we think is missing. It's why you can't seem to find the victory. It's why it hasn't shown up yet. And maybe why you can't ditch that sin that keeps knocking you down. He continues, the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? And they're like, yo, psst, Jesus. They're a little embarrassed. Hey, come here, come here, come here, come here. What's up? Like, why couldn't we do that? And he replied, because you have so little faith. You have so little faith. You're, you're, you're too disconnected. You're too connected. Truly, I tell you, if you just have faith as small as a mustard seed, it doesn't take a lot. You can say to that mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And then some translations don't have this, but many do. And as he replied, then this kind can come out only by prayer and fasting. So the disciples are like, Jesus, we're embarrassed. We couldn't do it. He says, your faith was small. You're too connected. You're not connected. But it doesn't even take that much faith, man. The amount of faith really doesn't matter so much as where that faith is placed. And if you can do that, you can see great things happen. You can actually say to the mountain, hey, move, get over here. You can do that kind of stuff. Nothing will be impossible for you. Listen, if you feel like you're too disconnected, if you feel like something's missing, I just want to tell you, don't give up. Don't give up yet. It can turn around. He can turn it around. Nothing will be impossible for you. And then Jesus offers the possible solution. He says, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. So you're not connected to God? Well, what you need is you need prayer. Prayer connects us to God. I mean, it's that simple, folks. <laughs> prayer connects us to God. That's what prayer is. It's his design for us to commune with him and be with him and receive from him. You know, you become like the people you spend the most time with. As the years go by, my wife and I become more alike. When we got married, I never wanted to go outside. I just wanted to watch movies. And she just wanted to be outside in the trees all the time. I'm like, babe, there's no movies out there. There's no trees out there. There's like animals. Let's just go to the theater. There's popcorn in the theater. And then over time, somebody said, seriously, yeah. And then over time, we begin to be more like one another. And I, I actually, oh, it's so bright. 
I went outside. My skin got some vitamin D. It's been a long time, but my skin got vitamin D, and, and I began to really enjoy being outside. We started to become like each other. I hang out with Pastor David Campos a lot. He's my good friend, and I become more like him every day. Uh, Jesus. I find myself saying stuff like, yo, man, like I... I just start, it starts happening. I, find myself, I, I buy a coffee and I'm like, yo, man, I appreciate you. Because he says that all the time. And most, mostly, mostly I'm just getting real loud in my life and I don't know. I love you, bro. You spend time with God in prayer and you spend more time, you start to become like him. You become like him. You're connected. Then you're too connected to the world. Jesus says, well, you need to fast because fasting disconnects you from the world. Fasting puts down your flesh. So if you're too hungry for the other stuff, just stop consuming it. Go hungry. Put down your wants and your desires. Put them away and make more room for hunger for God. Fasting is denying yourself and making more room for him. And now you're starting to turn it around. So you're saying to the world and to the devil, yo, no thanks, I'm stuffed. You got nothing that I want. I am full of the life and the goodness and the love of God. I am overwhelmed and saturated in his presence. He is beauty and wonder and satisfaction and you don't have anything that can compare to him. Nothing. So you start to get rid of that unbelief and that perversion that creeps in and you start to get hungry. So how do we fast then? Fasting is this spiritual discipline it's in the Old Testament, it's in the New Testament. You can see lots of people through the scriptures that do it. Traditional biblical fasting is abstaining from food. <laughs> and I think this is actually the best and most profitable thing to do. Uh, media fasts and Netflix and social media, all that, that's really good, but that's more like abstaining. Fasting is really about food. I don't want to lessen the media fast. Actually, I think best in our current culture, the best thing, and the best thing you could do over these 40 days is to choose some sort of food fast and to choose some sort of media fast yeah. because we all need that break. So that would be my recommendation to you. Fasting is not a hunger strike. Fasting is not you trying to twist God's arm. Well, I'm gonna be hungry until you do something for me. No, <laughs> that's not, he, does, he doesn't work like that. He doesn't, he's not concerned. We're not three-year-olds, okay? Like, I don't, I don't care you don't wanna eat your broccoli. In fact, here's what I think. We don't actually fast to get something. What we do is we fast as a response to the great things that God has already done. And somebody said recently, it's almost like a protein shake. Like, it, God's already working and moving, and so you're working out, but the, a, a, a fast is like protein shake, like making what God is doing stronger in your life. Gives life and power. Do you feel dry? Do you feel messed up? You need to fast. Helps you hone in on the plans of God. Are you wondering, what am I supposed to do with my life? You need to fast. It helps you to hear his voice. Are you struggling with knowing him more? You need to fast. Helps you, it adjusts your life in order so you can please him better. Are you dealing with sin issues in your life? You need to fast. In fact, I've known guys through the years that had a pornography addiction and they could not get rid of it until they started fasting and put down the flesh and made more space 
for God. Listen, I'm just telling you, nothing gives more love for God. Nothing gives more insight into his word. Nothing will give you more power to serve him. Nothing will, will empty you of sin and worry and doubt and fill you with power and creativity and faith and strength. Nothing other than fasting. It's like nothing else. That's why he gave it to us. So as we close here, I just want to give you just a few quick things and maybe help you. Number one, here's what you should do. If you want to fast, you should, number one, set your target. Decide. James 4 says, you don't have because you don't ask. Well, you know what, everybody? I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask him. So here's a couple things that maybe you could do. You say, this, over these 40 days, I'm going to declare my dependence on God. Over these 40 days, I'm going to welcome more of his presence into my life. Over these 40 days, I want to hear his voice better. I want to ask for forgiveness. I want to believe God for some specific needs that are going on in my life and in my family. But take some time today, tomorrow, write down a target can't just be shooting blindly. I feel like sometimes we just, we do that. We shoot and then we run over to the arrow that we shot and we draw a target around and say, I done good. That doesn't mean anything. Like set the target and then start taking aim at it. Number two, decide your plan. Pastor Ross said last week, you got to decide now because if you try to decide at dinner, it's too late. (laughs) It's not going to work. So there's going to be a meal or a morning. You're not going to want to do it. So here's, let's just run it down really quick. And I have this this slide actually that gives you some idea. You can do water only, so no food. I think this is the most powerful because man, that puts down your flesh. And that first meal, you're like, oh Jesus, help me. You could do a juice fast, so no food still, but most people can still kind of function, not have as, much, as many headaches. I started this week off of coffee and I had a real bad day. <laughs> and now I'm over it. Now I'm through it, my body's adjusted and now I can go on. Juice fast, fast one meal a day. Just pick one meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner. And instead of, instead of eating, just go and pray somewhere. You could fast from sunrise to sunset. I think this is what I'm gonna do mostly. Sunrise to sunset so I can still have dinner with my family. You could fast a very specific food. I'm gonna say no caffeine, no sugar, no bread. Do a Daniel fast, you know, no fruits and vegetables, things like that. Uh, it's scriptural though that you can't fast cauliflower. That doesn't actually work. You have to keep eating that. It's the one thing. Uh, I know I kind of I put this down a little bit, but fast and activity, do it. No, no social media. Don't watch TV. And don't, you don't have to do everything for all the 40 days, but you should decide. Yes. Like fast one, I'm gonna fast one meal this week. Or I'm gonna fast three meals this week. Or uh, I'm, gonna do, I'm gonna do this week and then I'm gonna decide next week or whatever. There's a lady that I heard about, very powerful spiritual lady. She fasts two meals a week. So that's, over the year, that's 104 meals that she's fasting over the course of the year. Like, start thinking like that over these 40 days. All right, do something. A couple more things. When you do it, pray consistently. This is a spiritual discipline. It's not a diet. Don't just sit around and starve. (laughs) Don't do that. Go pray. Like, deny your flesh, fill up with something else. Meditate on the scriptures. Put down worldly influences. Like, put them down. You're going to open yourself up spiritually. Honestly, that's what's going to happen. So don't say, oh, I'm fasting for 40 days, but I'm going to watch all the horror movies. I can watch. Like, just don't do that. Like, if you like to watch horror movies, okay, that's fine. That's between you and Jesus. That's great. Just, just don't do it now. You're going to open yourself up. Just stop. Put your phone down. Submit your, submit your attitude to Jesus. Don't complain. Don't brag. Those kind of stuff. And then lastly, lastly, just believe. Believe God's going to show up for you. Believe that you're going to change. Believe that 
He's gonna answer. Believe that you're gonna get to know him better. Believe. Fasting, it denies yourself so that God can take up better and greater residence in you. And then as that's happening, then you begin to give it out to others. So we're gonna go back into worship here. And I wanna encourage you to just begin now. Just start now. Like just start putting down the flesh now. You know one way to do that? We're gonna worship. Here's a way to do it. Oh, that was tough. That's the way to do it. This is a way to do it. Just start today. If you're disconnected from him, we're gonna give you a few minutes and we want you to connect. Let's do it. If you're too connected to the world, now's the moment to repent and say, God, I'm gonna start right now. Forgive me. I wanna, I wanna be disconnected. I wanna release all this stuff. I'm out. I'm in for you, right? You can start that now. So why don't you stand up with me? If you're comfortable, just put your hands out a little bit in a sign of surrender and just welcome the Holy Spirit into your heart and life. Pay attention to his presence here in the room because he is here and he does want to move. He does want to meet you. He does want to heal you. Now there's going to be some people down here in the front and they would love to pray with you about anything that's going on in your life as we worship. So feel free, don't be embarrassed, don't be ashamed. Just come up and let them pray with you. So Jesus, we want you to move. We want you to be, we wanna be connected to you. And right now in the name of Jesus, we wanna disconnect from the world. So do that as we worship in Jesus' name we pray.